Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we have the privilege and the blessing of talking to some really wonderful Catholic teenagers who share with us their insights about what it's like to try to live the faith in a culture that sometimes isn't so open to that. And then we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations and gain some insights from these wonderful kids. So we hope that's what happens here today. We're um, so thrilled to have with us three wonderful kids from um, New Albany High School. So we have with us today Blair. Welcome, hey, Katie, Blair. Thank you. And Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Thank you. And Adanya. Welcome. Hello. It's good to have you guys here. Uh, we want it. So I found an article. <laughs> this is such a random source, but it's the Dias. Diocesan Youth Council from Gary, Indiana, they put out um, a list of the top 10 challenges teenagers face. But but this was in 2009, so it was a while ago. So I kind of want to run through that list with you guys and have you guys tell me, are the challenges the same? Are there any that are different? You know, has has the culture shifted much in that time period? And and then just talk about each challenge and... um, how the challenge affects you specifically as a Catholic teenager or how it affects your peer groups as you know, from your observations from what we see. So the, the first list, um, well, be, so before we go through the list, what do you guys think? What, do, what would you say are the biggest issues teenagers face today? I think um, when it comes to the problems that are facing teenagers, it's the lack of self-value. I mean, I think really can capture all the problems that we're having in our culture, all the problems that people uh, face, and all the bad choices people make is because of a lack of self-value. Maddie and Nadania, do you see that too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So where does that come from? Like, why don't we value, why don't your peers value themselves? Where, what's influencing that, do you think? I think it has to do with comparing yourself to others and, like, not... Um, I think it's also not having faith sometimes because you don't realize your worth. And um, I know, like, talking to some people, they don't think they're worthy. And most of that has to do with not having Jesus in their life or God, which is really sad to see. Hmm, that is really fascinating. I'm thinking about taking this show in a whole different direction. <laughs> Let's kind of stick with that, and we'll go through the go through the other items that I have, too. But, Maddie, I love what you said about I don't love it, but it's interesting what you said, that some people don't know their value because they don't know, basically, that they're loved mm-hmm. by Christ. For you guys, that's just, I mean, you've known that forever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Which we're very lucky and thankful for that. Yeah. Do you doubt that? Some, I mean, have are there things in your culture that cause you to doubt that, that challenge that? Yeah, Adanya? I think so. Yeah. Anything specific? Basically, just like our peers around us and... Yeah. I mean, I think the focus on aesthetics um, is rampant. I think it's a, um, a disease, an epidemic for people to really not have any um, importance anymore on individual thought or um, intelligence in a whole. It's really about looks and perception, and that's fed really by just the root of the culture of death. Um, you're feeding yourself. You're feeding to, look, to fill an image, but you're not filling yourself with the right things. You're filling yourself with what is more or less filth, 
and it's it's told that if you do it, it's going to make you feel good. But at the end, we're seeing that it's not. It's not working, and it's because it's not meant to make you feel good because it's not good in its nature. So, how do you guys fight against that? How do you how do you avoid you personally? How do you avoid getting sucked into that? Um, comparing yourself to others, falling for the lies that are being told to you. Yeah, Maddie. Well, for example, like, let's take social media. You know, you see a lot of things, say, um, Instagram of um, bad images. And so what I try to do as an example is follow Catholic um, profiles and, like, accounts in order to kind of counter the effect of these bad images or whatever is making you feel like bad about yourself okay yeah for too long i think uh well this was written in 2009 this list uh, so there really wasn't much of a church's presence on social media but by the blessings of god uh, the evangelization of our church has really reached all platforms and the pope has a twitter the pope has an Mm -hmm. instagram and it's very telling that our time um the culture of death got a lot of years um ahead of us when it comes to reaching people on social media but the church is fighting back it's a very worthy thing to fight back on because now it's one of the most visited websites is Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And so if the church doesn't have a presence, um, evil will find its presence there. So, But the church finding a presence on social media and Twitter, um, though it might, not, it might upset some more conservative Catholics, I think it, I would totally say it's a great thing. Yeah. And, and it also helps us remember, helps me remember, that morality isn't as... Um, rare as it seems to be, right? Virtue isn't as rare as it seems to be. We can counter, like Maddie, you were saying, we can counter the junk (laughs) with stuff that is uplifting and stuff that is good and pure and holy and helps. We can surround ourselves with the people who will do the same for us. Yeah, but if we're not seeking that, if we don't know that, if we don't know that our worth is in Christ, then we're likely to just fall into the habits of following the popular people on face on on instagram or following you know the whatever whatever it may be that confuses us or convinces us otherwise um okay well well let's so so self values we're talking about challenges that teenagers face i found a list of 10 but you guys um think that a lack of self-value or lack of, lack of self-worth is probably at the top of the list. And I'm guessing that kind of these other things that I'm going to talk about are related to that. So one of the items on the list is depression. <laughs> You're all nodding your heads. Do you, do you know teenagers who struggle with depression? Yes, yeah. I actually have a specific friend. She um, has told me that she's actually atheist. And I think, and she's told me how she struggled with anxiety and depression. And what's making me think is maybe her lack of having faith in her life has led to this depression in her. She's told me how she feels like she doesn't have worth. And it just hurts me to see that if she had only, if she was only experienced Christ, she would not have that. She probably feels she doesn't have worth. She probably Mm -hmm. feels she doesn't have hope. She She feels like she doesn't have a purpose. Yeah. Which is understandably so, because where is hope outside of church? I mean, outside of our faith, outside of organized religion, there really isn't any. I've I've always struggled with, if I didn't have faith, if I didn't have my belief in Christ and in God's eternal will being all good and powerful, you know, these tragedies that seem mindless, how could we ever organize them or 
wrap our minds around them if we don't have any faith in them. Right. And it's just very easy to get bombarded with that and start really believing in that, that there's no value, there's no worth if you don't have a foundation of faith. And depression is a, it's a, it's a tricky issue to tackle because Blair, what you're talking about is like, I have something beyond the things that make me feel depressed or Maddie, like your friend who doesn't have anything beyond the things that make her feel anxious. So we as Christians look at the issue of depression and say, grab a hold of Jesus, (laughs) like grab a hold of hope. But when we say that, people say, oh, you're being naive, you're, you know, depression needs to be treated with, and I don't think that Christians are saying that depression isn't really a thing. I don't think Christians are saying depression isn't really something that often needs to be treated medically. I think what Christians are saying is there can be an alternative to depression. Like if your depression isn't a chemical imbalance, if your depression isn't a a hereditary issue, it is very likely that your depression is a result of you having a lack of hope and a lack of knowing who you are as a child of God. Um, so I just I always feel it's important to make that distinction because um, I think people discredit Christians when we say you need Jesus. If you're depressed, you need Jesus. <laughs> um, and it's true. Maybe also in addition, medical attention, but fundamentally, we need Christ. Um, let, let's move on to the second uh, to the second item, which is drugs and alcohol. Are drugs and alcohol a problem among your peers? Not necessarily your friends. Absolutely, though. The the general. Yeah. People, yeah, absolutely. Thankfully, I surround myself with people who don't use drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really experienced that problem, like being offered it or anything. But I do know it's present in our school and in our community. I know it's a very big problem just in Ohio. And all over the country, yeah, everywhere. So, Maddie, you just kind of my- answered my next question, which is, is it avoidable? Yeah, just well, by sure. <laughs> and clearly, all three of you, like when I said, are drugs and alcohol a problem? You had a moment of like, no, not really, because they're not for you, because you've been able to avoid it, which is so encouraging. I, I'm sure there are people, parents listening to the program who are like, okay, that's good. <laughs> um, but the key is surrounding yourself with the right people yeah i mean i think it's almost impossible if you don't have good people around you and you're thrown into that situation to not overcome the temptation but if you surround yourself with good people and you are not naive about when you get invited to a situation to think that there's not going to be alcohol or drugs might be naive at times so you have to be realistic with yourself and realistic with what the goals of the people you're surrounding yourself are and if you're honest with yourself it's very easy to avoid those things for people who for whom it's not easy to avoid, why? Like, what's the what's the draw? What's the temptation? I mean, everyone went through dare, I'm, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Everyone knows drugs are bad, alcohol is bad. So, what is the temptation for people then to get involved? I mean, I'm sure it's an easy escape. Is um, pretty simply exactly what it is. It's an easy escape. Um, I know a lot of people that if they feel like they're treated like kids, this is some something they think would make them feel like an adult or make them feel like, you know, they're older than they are. I really feel like a lot of it is, you know, more what I would say selfish reasons, but it's sad that people are resorting to that, but it, it happens. It's because people are trying to grow themselves up or trying to fill a, a void that they're having. What about fitting in? Is that a big... Yeah, mm-hmm. conformity, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Peer pressure um, plays a part in that, for sure. 
Which is so interesting because are we at the same time? So at the same time, we're trying to conform and wear the right clothes and be at the right parties. And are people also striving for individualism? I think it depends on each person. Okay. I mean, just thinking about people at my school, I think what happens is sometimes people turn to bad things that like try to make themselves different and in order to be noticed by people for attention. So like other people will start to maybe conform to that to like get attention from themselves too. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I guess if someone is is truly interested in being an individual, they're not going to conform to those sorts of pressures. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we've talked about depression. We've talked about uh, drugs and alcohol. Another item on this list of challenges that teenagers face is faith. Like faith is a challenge, which I thought was interesting because when I read that initially, I thought, well, f- no, faith is the cure. <laughs> but, but I don't know. What do you guys think? When you hear me say that, that faith is a challenge, does that resonate with you? Do you know? Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Why do you say that, Blair? Well, because I think uh, faith is something that you're told is a sign of weakness or that if you're surrounded with all these bad things like we're talking about, um, you're told why have faith. Um, the, the me generation is what a lot of people criticize the millennials as. I think it could be fair criticism. The um, culture of death combination of there's no need. People are trying to be sold that there's no need for faith. They're trying to be sold that you need yourself, whatever makes you feel good, whatever you think fills your happiness. That's what you should be doing. And it's, um, there's no faith involved, which is so backwards. It's the, it's the ultimate hypocrisy of um, you're trying to find all the good in the world, but you're doing terrible things that aren't good okay. for you. Okay. Good as in like a hedonistic sort of. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the okay. ultimate good, you yeah. know, which only comes from God. Um, so what are... Do people also struggle with faith because they can't reconcile a loving, concerned God with the stuff that you see around you? So what I mean by that is I want to have faith in God. I want to believe that God is good and loving and kind, but there's another shooting. There's another suicide. There's another. Do you think kids struggle with that? Yeah, and I think there, you know, a lot of people are sold under the impression that they're, uh, they've done too many bad things to come back to their faith or God would never forgive them, which as Catholics obviously is um, totally untrue. It's not what we believe. And I think what's funny is, and of course a lot of teenagers don't look back to the 300s for inspiration, but if you look at some, <laughs> of, some of the lives of the saints, take uh, St. Augustine of Hippo, his life... Um, is the text was the blueprint of what to do bad, everything that was bad in the world. And he became one of the most important saints that we have in our church, a doctor of our faith and one of the most holy people at the end of his life, which isn't the message of you should just live your life. And then at the end you can convert and become a strong person, but it's to show that the the redemption of Christ and the forgiveness of our church is true. And um, it's for every single person, not just a few. And Blair, you speak so eloquently about that sort of thing. And Maddie and Adanya, you, you're, you're just all so solid in your foundation of faith. I feel like for you, it's probably a little bit easier 
because of the foundation. So I think that we absolutely have to, especially since this is a show for our Catholic parents, we absolutely have to acknowledge where that foundation came from. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I would not be as solid in my faith if it weren't for my family. My whole family's Catholic. And every day I thank God for that. Yeah. Because I know I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for them. We are doing our kids a huge favor <laughs> if we're raising them solidly in the faith. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, it's hard. It's hard for Catholic parents to stay true to our faith and convicted and because our kids are just dealing with attacks and assaults. And we are, too, like from everywhere. No, this is archaic. This is outdated. This is old fashioned. This is not uh, relevant. This is, you know, so parents are trying to sort through all of that, too. But the bottom line is I work with a lot of teenagers and the ones who have the best shot at getting through this life with hope and joy are kids whose parents are solid in their faith and unwavering and not in not in a firm, unloving, like cold sort of no, this is how we do it way, but but loving our faith and loving our Lord and recognizing that our Lord loves us and that's why our church is structured the way it is. That's why the church speaks on difficult issues the way it does. So you guys go home and thank your parents tonight mm-hmm. <laughs> for giving you that opportunity to have that armor. You go out into the world every day with an armor that your peers a lot of your peers don't have. Uh, really, I think, though, it's important that as parents to uh, find a parish in their community or find uh, a parish in our diocese that really has a strong youth ministry. Because that's what has brought me into the faith the most is really feeling like I had a community at my church. And, of course, there's our pastor is wonderful, but there's only so much the pastor can do. It's very important for teens to hear it from their peers mm-hmm. and see an example of their faith in someone that looks like them and talks like them and they see in school, they see in the hallways. So that's super important. I know a lot of, for teenage parents, it's you really are kind of past the point of being able to choose your son or daughter's friends. But it's important that you um, make an effort to try to get them involved in um, the youth ministry or try to get them involved in a group where they have a friend or they can meet people that will build them in their faith. I know as much as we talked about um, being peer influenced to do certain things that are bad, I feel like with my group of friends, sometimes I'm driven to have a more holy life. Mm. Um, so peer uh, pressure can work in both ways. That's you right. just need to find the right people. Positive peer pressure. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Adanya, Maddie, and Blair, and we're talking about some of the issues that teenagers face. We were going to talk about the top 10 issues, but we're not going to get through all all 10 of them. So we're just kind of hitting the highlights. Um, We've talked about depression. We've talked about drugs and alcohol. We've talked about faith. Let's talk about media, like social media and entertainment. And Maddie, you talked about it when we talked about just having low self or negative self-image or not understanding our worth. And you you thought that 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 social media had a lot to do with that. Yeah? Yes, definitely. Because um, you see people um, in your school or who you follow post things like such as them at the pool with their like bikini body. And, you know, that has to do with body image, self-image. And then also when you just see people hanging out with all the populars or something, you're just like, oh, why? Why am I not like that? You know, why can't I be that way? You know, so you talked about countering that with mm-hmm. positive social media images. And Blair, you talked about how. The Pope has used social media and yeah. really pontifex. And, and the church in general, Pontifex, that Pontifex, yeah. yeah. Um, is that the only way to counter that? Is that the only, like, are there other ways to? Well, for example, I had Snapchat and I think that's 
one of the I, it's not my favorite social media and I realized that because what you end up seeing is you're seeing the stories uh, like stories are um, snapchats that are sent to everyone or like everyone can see and you just see people hanging out with each other and it and for my friends too you really get a sense of jealousy and that's not healthy and so what I ended up doing was just deleting it mm-hmm. because you just it's not healthy for my life and I realized that I'm not saying that everyone should but you have to make sure you have a good balance of making sure that you're not constantly being having jealous thoughts or like being questioning your faith because of that too. Uh, so would you, so your parents didn't advise you to do that, Maddie. You just no, decided to do myself. that. Would you, like if parents are listening and they want a perspective, like how much social media is okay for my kids or what social media is terrible, we need to get it out of our lives. Do you, would you, do you have any advice? I mean, for- I think I have a pretty positive outlook on social media. I think the, the best thing for parents, though, is to create an account and to see their um, kids' profiles. I wouldn't resort as much to deleting profile accounts or shunning all social media. Unless there's a big problem, then I would totally suggest that. But I think social media can really work positively if you know that the kids, your kids are using it positively and following good people and to have a good presence on it. Mostly, I think one of the main problems is, is, you know, social media can be a wild west where there's no accountability. So having some accountability, either you making an account or a family friend or something that you can count on that note that follows your son and da- or daughter, that is very helpful. What about you, Maddie or Adanya? Any, any more advice you would like Blair said, um, the media has its good and its bads, but it all depends on like who you surround yourself with, who you follow, and trying not to get into that negativity. And I don't want to completely bash social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have Instagram, and I like because you stay connected with people mm-hmm. that you don't normally see. Yeah. Um, but another problem, I guess, for Snapchat was it just had you have these places where you can click and kind of like magazines but like you flip through and they just had inappropriate and negative um stories that i didn't want to see and it was like again bad images but it can be useful to stay connected and to learn about your faith more by following catholic Mm -hmm. profiles and accounts i think with social media though the reason why the general culture is producing these things is because there's a need for it so if the 77 million catholics in this um and i know we might not be reaching all of them on this radio show. I don't know how big the... I know no, there are 77 There are 77 million, million people yeah. listening to this, obviously. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's very important, though, that we stick together and we, we don't um, support people. We don't that either... I know, you know, actors and actresses, we don't watch their movies if they support abortion. Or we don't go um, see their films or buy their um, memorabilia or anything like that if they don't reflect our values. It's very easy for us to take off the Catholic hat and just become a, a mindless consumer of the general culture. We need to be proactive with that, or our culture is not going to change. That's like uh, I always, even no matter how bad Christian movies are, I usually go see them <laughs> because I want more of them made. So if yeah. I go see them, then it's going to they'll get better. I hope that yeah. yes, more people there will be a money that there will be a need for to make them because people are watching them. So go see the uh, God's Not Dead movies. Buy Christian music, even if it's not your favorite, because hopefully it will create a change in the economy to those. That's, that's great advice. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. We're doing challenges that teenagers face. We only have time for one more. Let's talk about stress. Mm. 
Is that a big one? For sure. (laughs) Right now, stressing about that AP Euro map. Yes. So AP, that's a big, that's a big, (laughs) it cracks me up when you ask somebody like about classes or whatever. If it's an AP class, they have to say the letters AP. Of course. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Why is that? That's such a funny phenomenon. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. Now that you say that, it's totally true. And also for when, say, people take chemistry or honors chemistry, you always say, oh, I'm taking honors chemistry. You have to qualify how hard it is. You have to qualify it, obviously. (laughs) I I heard one kid not do it once. Someone we all know. And I was like, so amazed by that, that she didn't put the AP in front of it, even though it was an AP class. And I said, why didn't you say AP? And she said, I don't I don't know. Why does it matter? I was like, <laughs> good question. Does it matter? But it does seem to, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. It's a, a lot of it, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to tell you guys. That's like a light bulb. Like, I say it all the time, and I don't even think about it. I think it's just because... That's what it's called. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's called. But then I, also, it could maybe be a sense of like, oh, I'm taking the AP or honors. Kind of like, kind of show people like... I totally Here. challenge you guys to not say AP in front of your classes when you mm-hmm. see how it goes, see yeah. how it feels. It's yeah. going to feel really weird. It's not that it's important, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so school, school is a huge stressor. Definitely. Yes. Any school is the else? stressor. The stressor. I think so. Okay. Yeah. It's frustrating though, because I don't think school should be that way. And sometimes school prevents, like the stress from school prevents me from being more involved in my faith and in the church, which is frustrating. Ah, that's a good one. You have to balance your time and you you end up spending the huge majority of your time on school-related things and you don't mm-hmm. get to balance your life, really. Well, yeah, like an example of that, we have a, a parish, a youth ministry Bible study that I know a lot of uh, our teens miss because they really just have to study for a test yeah, or they have to you know take notes or do their homework, which is such a shame because... You know, the mind, body, and spirit, and that spirit component is what's missing in our culture, but all three of them make an, uh, a well-rounded person. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to have to close, um, but this has been a great conversation. Thank you all for your insights. You've been listening to, well, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we love you, and we praise you. Jesus, we give you thanks for this opportunity to come together. Lord, we, we remember what Blair just said about mind, body, and spirit. We ask that you help us be balanced in our lives. You help us remember what's important. You help us keep our eyes on you, Lord. We ask that you help us remember that you are our hope in all things. And we ask this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni Sancti.